Hello, and welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. You can follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. I think you guys will find this funny. This is the second time that I am recording this particular episode because I recorded it about a minute ago, and when I went to test it, I couldn't hear anything. Why? Because I did the entire recording with my mic on mute. So, note to self, check the mic first. (laughs) We are on our journey of discovering kindness. And today our scripture takes us to Luke, the sixth chapter, verses 35 and 36. I will be reading from my old standby, the New American Standard Bible, and it reads, But love your enemies and do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High, for he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil people. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. To me, this scripture says, wait, what? Like seriously, Lord, you you want me to love my enemies and, and not only love them, you want me to be kind to my enemies? The people who don't like me, who talk about me, who stab me in the back, who don't have my best interests at heart, you you want me to be kind to them. And he comes back with, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. In the New American Standard Bible, notice that it doesn't initially talk about the word kindness. It doesn't say kind or kindness. What it says is, to do good, to love your enemies and do good. And then it gives us an example of what doing good could be. Lending without expecting anything in return. Remember what our definition of kindness is. It's a wondrous act. And when you say lending to someone, one in and of itself, when you lend to someone, that could be a wondrous act. But it's the lending without expecting anything in return that really makes it wondrous in my opinion makes it kind because what you're essentially doing is you're giving someone a gift and that's kind our scripture goes on to say that if we live this way and I'm saying yes live this way of doing random and intentional wondrous acts it is to become our lifestyle Remember in Colossians, the third chapter and the 12th verse, Paul tells the church at Colossae that they should clothe themselves in kindness, right? So it's intentional. You got to put it on. And the reason why we have to put it on, because we need to be honest with each other. We're not kind by nature. So it has to be intentional. We have to concentrate in order to do it. Our nature is to be self-centered and self-absorbed and the way we put on kindness and we concentrate and we make it intentional is that we are kind to the point that it doesn't matter who the person is that we're extending the kindness to which goes back to the very first what three words four words of the scripture love your who enemies people you don't like people you don't know people you may not identify with because even if you wanted to make the argument that we are kind by nature we're kind by nature only to people who are kind to us people who we identify with people who we have commonality with 
anyone other than that, maybe not so much. This scripture is saying, "Uh uh-uh, you're to be kind to everyone. We are to make it a lifestyle. We don't have to like the person or know the person to be kind. We're just kind because God loves us. And how we get to this point of being kind is when we surrender to our Lord Jesus Christ, when you accept Christ as your Savior, and then you surrender to make God your Lord. To me, those are two different things. Salvation comes from acknowledging Jesus as your Savior. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved, right? Salvation is sealed. But the second step, so to speak, is surrendering and making Christ your Lord. When you make Christ your Lord, that's when the change in the metamorphosis starts to take place. That's when you've surrendered to him and the Holy Spirit, although he's already in you from your confession of faith in Christ, then he starts to take over and have full reign in your heart and the fruit of the Spirit starts to pour out because you've surrendered. And now he's starting to, you know, get rid of this sofa, we're putting in the new sofa. Well, we don't want that sofa. We don't want that chair. And you start to change and you take on the image of Christ. Luke goes on then to tell us that our reward, right? But the reward isn't something like, oh, you're going to, you know, you're going to be wealthy. You're going to be prosperous. It says that once we determine in our hearts to live a life of kindness, our reward is that we will be known as sons of the Most High. Now understand the word sons isn't in reference to gender. It's a position, sonship position or title so women we can have sonship but since we like to look at everything in the basis of gender here in America for the most part and everywhere we say sons and daughters of the most high I always call myself a daughter of the most high or children of the most high but this isn't restricted just to men it's anyone who calls the Lord Lord and so that portion of the scripture reminds me of Jesus talking to his disciples in John um, 13 35 where he says by this they will know you're my disciples right so Luke is basically saying when we do good when we love our enemies when we expect nothing in return we will be our reward will be people will know that we are Christ's disciples God who first demonstrated his great love for us was an act of kindness if he could forgive us of our sins by paying our debt, which was lending something that we could not afford and didn't expect us to try and pay him back, surely we can be kind to others, can't we? Seriously, that's the question that's on the table. Can we be kind to one another? Can you be kind? Can you crack a smile instead of frowning? <laughs> can you hold back the sharp criticism Can you give a person a compliment? Can you? One of the acts of kindness that I do, which it's small, and most acts of kindness can be small, but I think they become wondrous acts because of the recipient, because they realize you didn't have to do that. And so what I do, one of the things that I do, Mama gets um, these meals called Mom's Meals that come every two weeks. 
and she gets the pureed menu she used to get the other menu and there's a menu and I'll choose which um um dinners I want her to have or which meals I want her to have but here in the state of Florida the meals have to come with powdered milk I'm not a big milk drinker but I'm definitely not going to drink any powdered milk I can tell you that right now and so when the meals first started arriving with these you know packets of powdered milk I called and was like we don't need this it's wasteful don't put it in here I don't you know I don't really need this and that's when I found out that the state of Florida requires it so I had to go on the hunt for how I could bless someone you know and not have this milk go to waste because I know people do use it and it's good and so I shopped around so to speak and one of my neighbors um her and her husband, they attend, we attend the same church, but different campuses. And she was in charge of their food pantry. And I asked her um, if she would take the dry milk to see if anyone could use it. And so, you know, she was like, well, yeah, let me see. Turns out, as God would have it, there's a lady there who uses the powdered milk, loves the powdered milk. And so every two weeks when the mom's meals come, put them we put mom's meals in the refrigerator that's a lot to say mom's meals in the refrigerator and then I take the powdered milk over to my neighbor Jennifer and she takes it to the food pantry and then the lady comes to the food pantry and she gets the um, powdered milk and she's thrilled and I'm thrilled because it's not going to waste and it's making a difference in her household my mother also gets with the meals sometimes they come with pudding and applesauce and we really don't need that in the house because Deborah and myself we do a good job at least especially when mama wasn't on the pureed um, meals she'd get her own set of sweets cake some ice cream Deborah would make her pancakes so she really didn't need sweets and so I took those to my other neighbor her name is uh, Jessica she has small boys two small boys and so I asked her if she could use the you know applesauce and pudding and of course she was like you don't have to do that I'm like otherwise it's gonna go to waste like don't sweat it it's it's okay but her youngest son Blake calls it junky food which is hilarious and so he's always like Miss Greta just brought over some junky food and they're in heaven so those are two small acts of kindness but for the recipients they're wondrous acts and so today I'm asking you can you demonstrate kindness to someone it can be small most times it is I'm not asking you to go off and pay a million dollars to someone but if you can so be it (laughs) but can you be kind for caregivers I think it's really easy When you greet your loved one for the day or your client for the day, can you walk in with a smile, a genuine smile? If you have a nice song of voice, maybe you can sing a little song for them, play their favorite song, let them watch their favorite show, whatever it is. Whatever it is that you do, just make sure that the act that you're doing is for them. To me, that's the key of kindness. It's for them has nothing to do with you and the only gratification that you receive is seeing them happy that's a wondrous act i'm going to close with the same scripture as it reads in the message listen it says i tell you love your enemies help and give without expecting a return 
you'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God's created identity the way our Father lives towards us, generously and graciously, even when we are at our worst. Our God is kind. You be kind. Let's pray. Our Father, we come before you acknowledging that we may not be kind, or at least not consistently kind. Not kind according to what we just read in Luke 6 chapters, verses 35 and 36, Lord. We run away from people that we don't like. We make excuses and justify being rude, being selfish to people whom we don't know. But today we've learned that that isn't acceptable to you. That you want us to be kind to our enemies. That by our being kind to our enemies, it demonstrates our relationship with you. And so we come confessing that we aren't kind and that we need your help. We want you to use us to demonstrate your love and your kindness and your mercy and your compassion to those around us. Help us to stop being so self-centered and selfish and to realize that you are the God who owns a cattle on a thousand hills, that you will always, always, always meet our needs. And so we don't need to be concerned with that, but that we come to you and we ask you, who can we bless today? Who would you have me bless today? That we intentionally get up every morning looking to see how we can put a smile on someone else's face. Help us to realize that we have to be intentional about this. That as we come to you collectively as we are now, but as individuals, that we come seeking your face and not your hand. I ask, Father, that you lift up each and every person here that you touch each and every person who's listening today. You know their needs. You know what's on their hearts. Help them to know that you've given them the strength that they need for this day to accomplish everything that you've set before them. That nothing is too difficult for them because they are in you. Help them to know that you are a strong tower, their rock, and help them to run to you, not only when they're fearful or they need help, but to run to you just to be in your presence and to sit at your feet. For you are a good and kind God, and we want to emulate you in our lives. We thank you for being a loving God, and we praise your name. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Now remember to be kind today and go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.